One of the things I've been noticing though is like when you when you take live music out of a motherfucker's life, okay? It's like taking the the taste out of food or something. Hey everybody, Vince from Metal Sucks here, and we are back on the quarantine cast where we're at home, you're at home, all your favorite musicians are at home, so we can talk to anybody. It's awesome. This is a great time for content, even if it sucks for pretty much everything else. So <laughs> today we uh, we have one of our great friends and, and somebody we've spoken to a lot over the years, always has a lot of interesting things to say. Mike Schleibaum from Darkest Hour joining us from his uh, amazing, you know, I, I hate the word man cave, but like it looks Rift like Dojo. some kind it's of amazing setup there, you know, with all, like all the stuff. You got your gaming chair, you got your amps, your guitars, you got a nice mic set up, like everything good to go. Um, this is the Rift Dojo. The Rift so. Dojo, of course. And uh, yeah. also your, I prefer not man your, cave. Your Instagram instagram handle yeah i i me too i hate that word because you know we we accept females all genders exactly. non-binary whatever down here so whatever you know just like we use dirt dude that way too down here can mean any sex or non-sex so i like it uh, <laughs> well, well i gather you've been spending a lot of time down there in the uh the uh, rift dojo in the past two months you know you you've got a lot going on even though there's seemingly nothing going on in the world. So uh, just give us a little update what you've been up to as far as Darkest Hour goes. Yeah, well, uh, let me first preface by saying I am very lucky. I mean, I have all this toys to play with. I have my sick gaming chair. I'm very safe and sound in Washington, D.C. Uh, with my family, my wife, and my kid, who all are super supportive of, of my rock and roll habit and daytime Zooming habit. So... Yes. I'm very, very lucky. So everything that I say after this where I complain and tell you that, you know, this hasn't been easy for me, I want to preface that, uh, you know, I've got it pretty fucking good. Perspective okay? is important that during said, these times. That said, didn't allow me to just, you know, complain about a bunch of stuff that really doesn't matter in the big scheme of the world. But I've had to basically shift gears with the band uh, together with the band and redirect our entire energy to where we can be most po where things can be most positive and most productive right now because yeah this pandemic's happening and we obviously want to encourage people to stay inside but we also need to survive and I I'm I'm not sick no one in my family's sick we're just here what do we do so uh luckily darkest hour had launched a patreon which is a monthly subscription service online uh, in January, because uh, as always, we've sort of evolved from a band that existed before the internet to a band that crowdfunded our last album, then licensed it to uh, a label that put out our first record. You know, we we're all over the place. So when we launched a Patreon, even dudes in the band were a little bit like, "What the fuck?" But we always have done things so that was it was cool, and luckily we had because it's our, been our safety net since we had to cancel and re book a tour uh and we had to sort of basically just figure out how we were gonna make our bills exit you know we have we are a business so we have a lot of bills we had we lost a lot of money uh on the tour we had planned but we're smart so 
we are able to parlay a lot of that. We're not complaining about that, but we just have had to spend a lot of energy and, and shifting. You know, I've had to become a video editor. I've had to become uh, really talented with figuring out how each one of the different social medias that we're on operates because people on Twitter operate different than people on Instagram, than different than people on Facebook, you know, and, uh, you know, do that all and still be an artist because I, I, I want to spend my day playing guitar with all this shit behind me, but, uh, it's, it's a struggle even now because now I'm forced to also produce a shitload of content and do all this other stuff. So, yeah. Um... And, we ship out physical items. We have a DIY web store that we do here at the dojo, which normally isn't that hard because I have help. But now I'm by myself. And uh, so we sell all the band's merchandise online through that. And we do the Patreon where we send out exclusive seven inches and uh, different. We, we did a undoing rune wall flag that was really sick. Because the reality is the monetization of this band really never not never, but takes a really long time to make it to the actual artist. So these ways that we've created are the ways that we've survived other than touring. And now when that's taken away, we've just doubled down. And as a artist and a creative force, that's been 100% of my focus. I mean, all the bands I was recording and producing, all that got canceled or moved. And I have two other bands I do outside of Darkest Hour. One has an album coming out on Equal Vision in August. We had to totally revamp our game plan. The other has an album coming on 3LG, and it's basically just shelved till we know what to do with it. So, yeah, man, we got to roll the punches. Yeah, you know it I mean? is interesting, though, with the Patreon thing. I mean, your Darkest Hour, I think, were one of the first, let's say, like higher profile metal bands to do that. Uh, in fact, you think I, so? like, I, I can't think of any others that have done it, you know, so like you guys were really ahead of the curve with that one. And, and obviously this wasn't the plan, but it put you in a really good situation right now. You know, not that you're like raking it in no, from the Patreon, no. but we are, we are better off doing this structure than, than any label we've ever been on. And I really, I hate to say that because I do think not, we've been on 11 different record labels, so we're not throwing people under the bus who've worked with us, but uh, this, this is, amazing and it all started with dirt bikes because a buddy of mine runs a vinyl pressing plant in virginia his name's eric astor he's been in a bunch of bands back in the day but his vinyl pressing plant furnace manufacturing presses all the metallica records you know all the warner records i mean it's one of the biggest vinyl pressing plants in uh the east coast and eric's dedicated to quality and he's a really old friend we had a sick Van Halen cover band together. So we're, yes. he, he's Alex, I'm Eddie. So, you know, we're like, we're tight. And uh, Eric suggested, he, you know, he, he, uh, he's a genius, by the way, because he had a Art Monk record distribution. He sold that. Then he made a CD distribution co uh, manufacturing company. Then he got rid of that. And now he has a vinyl printing press, the biggest one on the East Coast. This dude has rolled with the music industry. So he's like Yoda, right? I went to his little Dagobah, I went into his room, we put on a Snoop Dogg record I'd never heard, which was sick, uh, fucking, it's him with like 420 behind it, it's hilarious, it's like new, I was like, how do you have this, like, I haven't heard that one. what is this record, I can't remember what it's called now, um, I got, I want to thank me, is like one of the songs on it, anyway, he says, you guys need to start a Patreon, I said, what's that, he said, my friend who does dirt bike racing, goes on all these trails, 
he videotapes himself with a GoPro on the trail, and then he puts the GoPro up so people who want a dirt bike, they can look at all the different trails and go, oh, sick, that's a great trail. I can train in my living room. I can plan, like, okay, there's a big dip at, like, three miles in. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. I'm not doing this, you know? And then... He, yeah, he's like, it su- seems like you're, like, begging at first, it's right? It's fucking like work. When you, when it's you so first- much work. Yeah, I'm I want to play guitar. I don't want to do this. Right. Yeah, that too. Yeah, it's like you really got to be there every month delivering the stuff you promised. Ah, fucking every day. You got to message people back. You got to hit them up about the shit you shipped out, the shit you posted. You got to interact. I mean, you can't go on Instagram and then charge people over on Patreon. You really have to get in the weeds and give them what they're paying for because, man, if you don't, you just watch that unsubscribe thing just bing. Yeah. And you just go, fuck, fuck. You know, and you're like, what? You know, so, uh, but I, what I did, I hated it, but I went and I started practicing making content, filming myself. I made a YouTube page that was like fake and I started sending Eric the content going, all right, dude, I'm figuring out how do I do the lighting? How do I do the audio? How do I record and then sync it? What programs do I use? Uh, and so then I shelved it cause we went on tour. Hmm is awesome and then we were fucking still broke and we were still doing all this shit and and i'm like what am i doing and my buddy brian uh mcturnan who's a record producer who produced three darkest hour albums he's also in a band with me the band i mentioned on evr called be well he's a longtime friend and is also he's more like a obi-wan kenobi and he's like you guys need to do a patreon my buddy who does photography up here in Ross, up here in Baltimore. He makes like 10 G's a month. He has people that work for him. He's a full-time Patreon guy. And the thing about you is you have so much content. You've been around for 25 years. You've made all of this shit, all these different eras, all these webisodes, all these behind-the-scenes shit. I mean, we filmed DVDs that never came out because they were bad. I mean, we filmed music videos that never came out. We have so much hard drives of shit I'm trying to go through of stuff. And I was like, man, are you fucking serious? Like Eric's been telling me about this and I didn't want to do it, but to let everybody behind the curtain, since that's what this is all about, since the band has existed for 25 years, you know, we've we're like a restaurant. So we, we have money, but we have credit and it all shifts around and our situation's bad. But luckily I have this house. I've made money making music on television and other places. It isn't my life's work, unfortunately. So I basically was able to borrow against that and park all the darkest hour debt somewhere. And I could have decided at that moment, like, man, fuck it. Like, we'll just pay this off. And then like, what's the point? Like we, you know, we go on tour, but then at at that moment I was like, well, or we could just try what both of the dudes who I know are the smartest people that are helping me do anything. Cause we don't have a manager. We're self-managed. Everyone in the band is impossible to even, we don't have a leader. We're just like a bunch of dudes that don't even anarchist collective, right? Well, you're the but leader. I mean, you know, that's... The, I'm yeah. the voice, but I'm not in charge. Because, you know, we're got to have to be able to have those guys feel that they also have a say to be able to have everybody have as much passion as me. You know? sure. Yeah, I guess like in, in many ways, John is the voice, but uh, you are actually kind of like the public voice. He's kind of a yeah. reserved guy when you He's meet him. Not, and this is not natural for him to like do this. And me, I'll fucking do it all day and I'm an idiot. But 
he has a lot to say. He says it in his art and he says it when he talks and when he talks, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, sincere, but it, it's a little different, you know? And so I end up becoming the voice because I'm also insane. This is what I love. I do it all the time. You can't stop me. So I said, fuck it. I'm so crazy. I've been doing the web store. I've been doing all the social media. We don't have a manager. We're doing all this shit ourselves. Like, pfft. Why are we not making any money off of doing that? You know, so we made the Patreon. We launched it with a with a web with a seven inch uh, limited edition seven inch that has a black flag cover on it, and it was just like a seven inch pre order, and boom, we had like eighty five, a hundred people. You know, and then I went and saw Thrice kicking it with Thrice. I mean, this was fucking Thrice. I mean, it's, it's sold out the Great film. Man. I mean, they used to open up for Darkest Hour, but. They're fine now, you know what I mean? So I like to go in their backstage and drink all their Jack Daniels and, you know, <laughs> act like I'm a badass, even though I'm like sitting there going, fuck, I got a copy. Like, what are they doing? But not, I love what they're doing. I'm not copy, but, you know, be inspired, right? Talking to Dustin, he's like, oh, I have a, I have a podcast I do. Uh, I have like 450 subscribers and, you know, I do a podcast every month and I interview people. I talk about lyrics. I do. I'm like, well, you got a Patreon? For your podcast, you have 450 people a month and they're really excited and, and it's actually driving people to your to your uh, to your shows. And then he's like, yeah, uh, my dudes in Circus Survive do the same thing. And then I went to Brian, who's a producer, dude who also produced Circus Survive's best albums. Keep in mind, not metal bands, but kind of metal bands and also bands that operate the same way as Darkest Hour. They also have a great Patreon going on, too. So then I was sold. I was like, this can work for Darkest Hour. So we kept putting out products. And then the fucking pandemic hit. And it was almost like everybody started a Patreon. And now it's normal. So here we are now. Yeah. This is how you help Darkest Hour survive. If you don't want to, you know, don't worry about it. We're fucking doing this. But if you do, this is a great place to put your money because, like, we're here, we're interactive. We are fucking weirdos, but whenever we can get back to get into that stage part, um, we're at the top of our game. So that's the other weird thing. We're not stopping. We're yeah. waiting for that Seems moment. Like Patreon's doing pretty well. Like you guys have uh, right around two hundred Patreons at this point, right? I mean, that, that's, that's pretty good number. Are you happy with that? Two twenty-one. I think we lost one because he was there like, "What?" What the fuck? But we're like at two twenty-one. That must sting so bad when you lose one. You're like, oh, "No, what you did have I do to wrong? just understand." No, because you know. You're lucky that anyone is subscribing at all. You're you're no one you're not entitled to anyone's money, especially monthly. So things happen where people's credit cards you know change or they have to, you know, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. What if somebody got sick? You don't you don't know. You can't take it personally. You just have to go what is what I'm doing honest? Yes. You know, uh, I also have friends that I didn't mention uh, my my buddy, her name is Amanda Mackay. Her bro older brother is Ian Mackay, who's the singer of Fugazi and also is the singer from fucking Wired Friend. Anyway, they run this little unknown record label called Discord Records out of Washington, D.C. And she, Amanda, has always been on my ass about, because we did a band together that never got released and she was always in the dojo. She was always on my ass about like, what are you doing? Just do it all. Just embrace it. You are meant for this. This is what we did. 
this you want a life doing this here it is this is getting dirty but you know the weird thing is now i know motherfuckers addresses and their names and i see them and i've seen them order on the diy web store and then come over to the patreon and i see them and it's crazy you start to get to know people and they start to get to know you and you're like whoa that platform worked because it's not like bad it's good because when darkest hour has fans we're not like we don't have fans like uh, your average Journey fan or something, or or what you would imagine your Motley Crue fan from the eighty to be eighties to be like. Our fans are a lot like us most of the time, or they're they're younger and they relate to wanting to be like us, but they're not from the same time, so it's a little different. But either way, you know we're those guys that were always in the audience but ready to be on the stage. So this type of shit kind of is is natural for us you know what i mean yeah so now now speaking of of doing it all uh patreon definitely doing it all you said you're working on your video chops your audio chops your post so more at nine i hate so it so what Makes about twitch? twitch you ever think of uh starting a twitch channel uh well i feel like the thing about the internet is you can drown an opportunity so I'm going to st- stick where I know currently, you know, if I know that Matt's, uh, Hefe Trivium's big on Twitch, Lone Star from Darkest Hour, he's all about YouTube, but he's also into Twitch. Um, I'm, I'm never not saying no, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm just saying I'm, like I'm right now, the seed, you know, I'm just like, oh, like course, your friends, you know, who planted the Patreon seed. I'm, I'm planting that so Twitch you're saying seed. Twitch is where people are at because you can tip us. Yeah, you can get that too, and there's subscriptions, and I mean, there, there's like a lot of ways you can make money on Twitch, actually. In fact, there's an explainer video that one of the biggest Twitchers, in the, or like top 50 in the world or something, this guy posted a video to YouTube in which he outlines all the ways that he makes money in startling transparency, and it was just like I watched it, and I was just like, like yeah yeah i just could not even believe how much money this one guy who's not even like the top guy you know he's kind of like a second tier top guy you know he's like the lamb of god to to the slayer you know he's like big but not huge you know and he's just like making just raking it in like thousands of dollars an hour literally yeah you know obviously like the met the market for a Twitch for a metal musician is not that, but you know, there's definitely, uh, I think like, especially during this time when people are locked inside a lot more experimenting, I've seen with platforms, some guys getting on there and giving it a shot. Oh yeah. And, and I know for sure, man, I don't think Mark from suicide silence is on there yet, but I think Javier animals might be on there. I know the Carnifex guys are big into Twitch, but like, I mean, my Facebook feed is like insane. It's all of my friends from bands. You know what the fucking crazy thing happens to me all the time now? It's this thing where like 15 dudes from a tour all call each other on FaceTime. Oh, yeah, sure. Like I got a call that was OzFest 2004 parking lot. That's what it said. And I opened (laughs) it up and it was like, fuck, what the fuck? And then I was like on the couch watching Lego Masters, a sick Legos TV show with my kid. And then all of a sudden it's like, Buzz from Our Earth, Ken, Susie, like just this whole crew of dudes you cannot answer the phone when your kid's with you, you know, type of thing. <laughs> um, but it's kind of cool that there are, that everyone is kind of just had to fucking, you know, we had our Game of Thrones moment where the dragon came in and just torched the whole fucking thing. And now everybody, 
Even the dudes of Mastodon are stuck in this little box. Yeah, yeah, I saw and that. Like, Probably fuck. same thing as you. I think like Doc from God Forbid posted like a screenshot of a Ozfest 2005 uh, Zoom call oh, yeah. or Google Hangout See, I or missed, whatever. I missed that one because it just said Doc, and I was like, "Fuck." Nah. <laughs> you might try to record me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. Like you don't think of like Brent Hines as being able to like even operate a cell phone, let alone oh, like, Brent participate can. in a Zoom. Oh, chat. that's a game. He's <laughs> fucked smart as shit. I'm just he's so him. smart. He's he's playing just because he got his face tattooed. You know, first it's fucked up. Um. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff going on right now. And uh, it's kind of cool from a creative standpoint, at least, to see the Patreons and Twitches and Zooms and just ways that bands are starting to expand their horizons a little bit in spite of all the shit that's going on in the world. I don't believe it's in spite. I believe this is a revolution. I think it, it was there. It was coming, right? But you have... Imagine like a workforce where there is no ability to unionize because every motherfucker is ready to just like crabs on a barrel. Motherfuckers just it was just just the most awful thing. But now this is a revolution because now uh, uh, owning the rights to things is clearly valued now. And the thing Darkest Hour always made a mistake about in the past was. We signed these 1990, 1980s glam rock style fucking record deals where we gave up everything for cash and exposure and the whole thing. And yes, it was probably worth it because you would not give a shit about me if that hadn't happened. But having moved forward and owned some of the later albums, like thanks to Sumerian, we own a lot of the rights to what's happening on that album. We owe 100% of Godless Profits. Thanks to E1 and their you know, ability to also be friendly. We have the ability to use everything on that album and own a lot of the physical rights, like all the vinyl, uh, that stuff was licensed to Century Media. You know, it's just mainly the earlier, the Victory catalog and some of the earlier stuff that's really embattled. Even Mark of the Judas was on like five record labels. So proving to some bot on the internet who fucking owns what is, is merciless. So... My point is, now's the time to own everything, and we knew that before, but now we know it even more. And anything I create on this computer becomes content and becomes crazily monetizable and is probably going to be remembered for as long as people remember this stuff. So it's like a headache you're trying to balance all that. Yeah, and, and it's also, I would imagine, on some level fulfilling from a personal perspective, from a creative perspective, to be able to push yourself to engage in these new platforms, you know, and, and to be able to do it and to be good at it because we see so many artists stagnate and, you know, as technology evolves, kind of just get stuck in the past, but you know, you're very much embracing it, which is great to see. Oh my God. My wife was like, tell the truth. You know what I mean? So I have to tell you, I have not been embracing it very well. Like, I mean, <laughs> I appear like I am and I think we do a good job and I am, you know, like I will blast Easy Street by David Lee Roth and just sort of kind of try to <laughs> meditate and try to be positive. But, you know, uh, I can also be like a wreck trying to balance this and also balance things that I want to do, like exercise every day, like be creative, you know, like be with my daughter, like be a positive 
you know, impact in the house. Like I, you have to clean a shitload now that everybody's here, yep. you know? So, uh, it's been hard to embrace all this new shit. Some, I saw, I think Devin Townsend posted some Twitter about it. Like one of the cool things is I sort of reconnected with, with him on, cause I started using Twitter again and he's there more than anywhere. And he posted something about like every, every morning is like a crash court and some new fucking app or something. And, you know, and, I, it, it and, and I mean, it's like shit. It's like, Oh, I got to get this thing now. Oh, but and it can be frustrating. Uh, You're like, just before this interview we're doing right now, I was getting this microphone boom arm set up because I'd been sitting here with just like a little desk, you know, mic stand. And it was making yeah. me crazy, you know, because this whole like this podcasting thing, like, you know, I haven't really done interviews in years for Metal Sucks. There's, you know, they go usually yeah. to the, the Metal Sucks podcast. And this was a project that I started just within the last two months. So I had to get up to speed on, you know, my video editing and audio editing. And like, I have some background, but you know, it's been a while. So that, that was fun. But what I'm saying is like, I feel you on the frustrations, you know, like yeah. setting ear, setting up this boom arm, like the microphone <clears> wasn't <throat> fitting right with the thing. And I was like, Oh fuck, like I brought the wrong one. I'm gonna have to send it back. And then I realized like, Oh, there's like a little part that it came with that I can screw on. You know, one it's of the things okay. I've been noticing though, is like when you, when you take live music out of a motherfucker's life. Okay. It's like taking the the taste out of food or something like you're going to snap about some shit and not know like, why am I so fucking pissed off? You know? But the other day I like turned on one of these amps back here. Cause you know, I don't even need to use half this shit now that we have all these computers. And, uh, it had been a while since anyone upstairs had heard, Cause you can faintly hear the bands down, you know, you know, that sound, that like reflection of music. Yeah. That, like you feel it house. vibrating through the house. Right. In this house all the time, almost every day there was somebody recording here or coming over or jamming or whatever. I mean, that's why I wanted to move here and have the studio at the house so I could just work all the time. And it's silent. You know, I got to put on Skinner or Van Halen and turn it up loud to just be like, where is that feeling? Yeah, feel and, it. Yeah, now I that went, you mention it, I mean, I haven't had that either. I've been working on uh, my little laptop for the past two months, and like just hearing you say that, I'm like, oh my god! Uh, like I, I had a couple of car rides where I could jam it, but really, that's it. And it's loud music, and and I uh, was fortunate enough to go to a music store, a used music store that is super supportive of Darkest Hour, and we've always sold shit there, bought shit. They let us write there, record. You know, these guys just are lifers and they have this warehouse full of bullshit i mean everywhere like you get just bullshit all the time and i went in there to pick up a bunch of stuff darkest hour had had been like recycling to to get back here and repurpose because now we have to live live out of the studio and just being in that store right and it just being dead silent the whole time because we're all wearing masks like here in maryland everybody's keep taking this shit really fucking seriously it's not like when I do the darkest hour Zoom calls, I got a guy in Texas. I got two guys in Texas, one guy in Delaware, one guy in Virginia, one guy in L.A. And everybody's living a different culture of the way people are thinking about this. So, you know, I'm at this music store. Everybody's six feet apart. We all have masks. It's like no one can come in the store. The phone's blowing up the whole time. But other than that, it's dead silent. And we're, we're talking to each other with fucking masks on six feet away. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? It was so Surreal. weird. So you just have to remember that's happening. So when you get pissed off because some fucking shit is like stupid, 
you have to remember this is not normal. This is fucked up right now. You know? It is, man. Yeah, it's uh So that so boom stand's gonna drive you crazy. You know, that's what I'm getting at. What's that? I said that boom stand's gonna drive. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna right make because you make haven't me... seen Emperor or someone sick in a minute. You need a blast beat in your face, man. Exactly. You know, yeah, but know. if we all hold out and keep it positive, and when these shows come back around, I think the, the the future I'm trying to manifest is one where, what if, like, live music music is a co- commodity? Like, what if buying tickets going to see a band, going to feel live music, going to be near people is something that people really want to do now and take seriously. And what if people have been through it enough to know that herd immunity is happening and so they've been starved for that connection because people are. You see it in the small rage people feel that used to love it. And all of a sudden, the things that you know, me and the dudes that I've come up with, like sleep in airports to do for nothing and pretend to make a lot more than we actually do on and just to be able to blow this thing up actually can monetize in a way where it's like our time and energy is valued again. Like what if, you know, because it's just supply and demand. And right now, now everybody remembers like, oh, fuck, I just can't go see Misery Signals and Darkest Hour. And Misery Signals has a new album. And Darkest Hour probably will have new music at by the next time that shit's happening. Even, you know, that's in December at this point. So if you could go to a Darkest Hour show in December and you knew you were safe, because that's the only reason we're going to do it if it's going to happen. Uh, why wouldn't you? You haven't you haven't seen that. You haven't felt that in a minute. It's there. It's you know, so I'm just hoping that happens. But for that to happen, we have to take what's happening seriously and, uh, you know, appreciate that it's not going to come back easily, you know. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you think this mean? I mean, this could last well into 2021. Uh, you know, like, are you personally positioned to kind of weather the storm? You mentioned you were doing some other shits for uh, some other shit for movies and so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, I, I guess where am I a year from now? If like the band still can't tour and nobody win where it knows where that's going to be, I don't know, but I think I'm totally well positioned to where if I can just pay attention that I need to balance my work because now that everybody's home, we wake up. I used to, this is going to sound crazy to people because you know, I'm a known partier, but I wake up at like 6am because I like to be around where my kid gets up to get her going. Right. And so I like to work a little bit before she gets up so sure, I can get yeah, shit going. That quiet so that by the time when she goes to school, people, our parents understand that is your window to get actual shit done. Cause I can't be as much of a night owl as I used to be just cause life is just different. So I'm more productive in the morning when no one can fuck them. Oh, Oh, that's the other thing at night. Then I got all the dudes from darkest hour. Bing, bing, yeah. bing. Just, just, just fart jokes. <laughs> Larry David need shit. Fart bing, jokes bing. during this time, man. It's important. We, like, gotta dude, we need, we need blast beats and fart connect. jokes. That's the secret. I agree. But I think we're, we're going to be okay because, uh, darkest hour, the one th- we, we actually enjoy each other's company and everybody, has embraced technology enough to be able to get that pseudo connection you can feel just like this 
where you walk away. It's like junk food. Okay. You, you walk away from this conversation and you feel good. You're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. That's what it was like to talk to somebody about some shit that wasn't like my wife who's sick of talking to me or my kid who thinks I'm full of shit. That was cool. <laughs> but then, you know, it wasn't the same as being there and, and like sharing this bottle the way that we have. So it's like, you know, when is the next time you're passing a joint in a circle? Man, that's a, I've been thinking about when's that the next too. Time sharing a, when's the next time we are opening this Jack Daniels bottle together, ripping off the top? Like the, like when's the last, when's the next time I'm taking the beer out of someone's hand in the audience and drinking it? Cause that's a classic funny move. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to change that may have to shift our perception of life. This may be that moment where, remember before cell phones, you know, totally. see a picture of Dark Star 2003, you're like, you guys used to be sick. And it's like, no, you guys used to be sick before you got fucking this thing in the air the whole time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, this, I don't know if it's like that. It's like yeah, that. Or like before 9-11, you know, boarding planes and stuff, totally. Like I remember like walking through security with a, uh, um, a pipe in my pocket, you know, and just thinking like, yeah. oh, well, there's no weed in it. Like, it's fine. And the and I was like, oh, I'll put it in my pocket. You know, that way it won't go through the metal detector and like be seen. And uh, <laughs> and the, the agent, it was like before the TSA existed, you know, the agent like, he was like, what's in your pocket? And I like took it out, took it out. And she like looked at it and like, like eh, gave it back to me. Like, you can just cannot imagine that shit happening now. In the same way as I what still you're wouldn't bring at, a pipe. You know? I would say bring a pipe, but you can bring vape pens or straight or just yeah, bring some gum. Yeah, well, they're just not, they're not looking for it, but you know what I mean. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I like I can't imagine like even just being in a situation like you said, like passing a joint or taking a sip of somebody's beer. Like for exactly. years, it's gonna be even. So this has even to if be my bottle and everything. This is now my bottle, so you, you, you know. have to finish it. Well, I'm, I know. I know. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so good, though. It is delicious. The shitty Jack Daniels is so good. And then you got the Coke on the separate. Uh, I'm going to do a little kickback with the Coke just because it's daytime. You know, I don't want to keep going on the Jack. So I got to do a couple more interviews before the end of the day. So, you know, I got to make sure that last one isn't just me roasting record labels. <laughs> 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 easy easy uh, to get involved in, in oh yeah i wanted to show you this hole. stuff check this out oh mm -hmm. yeah so for our, our people who are listening to this instead of viewing you should check out the youtube version because oh. mike has been yeah, doing bob part. ross paintings and yeah. okay. uh they're really good this one is That's, a beautiful this, this mountain. part yeah this is part of a two painting scent i did look check it out and then you got like that's the mountain and that's the tree man you know you kind of kind of be both Beautiful. In your that, soul. That is a happy little tree if I've ever I seen I really, one. you can't see this on the podcast, but I really like this little little tree I did because uh, with oils, you have to fight sometimes. And this little tree had to fight to get to be that tree. And I, see. I don't know. I like, I it's like, dark. I've been making it really small. Yeah. Well, it's dark because I had to paint it 10 times. Huh. So, but I, I but mean, the brighter, like, uh, like it's dark, um, not just color wise, but like mood wise, you know? Oh it's, yeah. It's like but then see this one, that was a happy little painting that just happened right away and I didn't fight, you know, look at how bright that is. See, Love it. Love that's it. what Bob Ross is fucking talking about. And I'll tell you this little painting thing, it seems like a bullshit hobby, but cause you know, whatever. But the thing is really fucking helped my guitar, like songwriting thing for brain. And so I was a little bit hooked on it before the pandemic. And then since the pandemic, I've a first thing when the thing hit, I was like, 
make long-term goals. So I made a shitload of long-term goals I'm trying to get done before I'm allowed to go out and play again, all right? And they are everywhere from my fucking taxes, the band's taxes, to uh, clean up the studio, clean up the garage, clean up the barn. I fucking started- screw drawers. That was one that I did. That felt good. You know what I did? I started a, uh, there's this app called Depop. I started a, a fucking- uh, it's like an app where you can sell all your like weird concert shirts and shit. I mean, dude, I, I have had, I have so much clothes, like shit that's been given to me and shit that I've acquired and just crap. And I just started cleaning it out. And, and, and this thing really put into perspective that I have so much. I mean, for those of you watching on the YouTube, I have like, you can see some of the guitars I hear. I have so much shit. I never get to interact with. Like, I don't need things. So the first thing I started doing was making a list of things to do and purging, kind of organizing. And now I'm almost around the curve where I can finish some of those things and, you know, find balance. Because for me, what I want to do every day is I want to exercise. I want to be able to be creative on the guitar. I want to be able to spend some time learning something new on the guitar. I've been subscribing to a Patreon. My buddy Ben Eller has a a killer Patreon that reminds me why people subscribe by being on his. And uh, and then I also want to make art, and then I want to be able to spend time with my family, but I also need to stay away from them because they need space too. So it's like if I can find balance, then I can survive however long this is going to take. And my entire brain is focused on the, you know, Things I learned in the, on the 2004 OzFest, which is, you know, success is, you know, opportunity plus preparation. You know what I mean? And Darkest Hour had opportunity, but we didn't know we weren't prepared. We didn't even know what that meant, you know? So it's maybe not share to use that, fair to use that uh, analogy, but still, like, when this shit's over, we want to be able to, like not be all fucking out of shape and over it. We want to be ready to hit the ground running and be like, oh, see, we were always the guys who were like ready to just get the fuck up here and do it. We're, you know, have the backstage by the by the fucking dumpster and come out here and fucking kick ass. So, all right, like, you guys want to see shows now and pay for it? Fuck it. All right, here we go. Because I can't wait to get in a van and drive around and get some... Tex-Mex, get some burritos in California, some fucking culture. Yeah. Not that I don't love it here, but I miss adventure, you know? Hopefully that happens for you in December when those rescheduled dates are. Uh, you yeah, know, it I seems mean, optimistic, man. Okay, <laughs> but look, all right. There's a lot of, I'm a, I know we didn't talk for hours, but there's a lot of talk about uh, people, bands canceling their tours to give people their money back. Yes. All right. Well, this isn't Darkest Hour because these venues that we're talking about, man, we're, we're talking about brick by brick in San Diego. We're talking about Club 1720 in L.A. We're talking about, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it was at the Bluebird, the Marquee, where it was in Denver, the El Corazon in Seattle. Okay. These are badass clubs. Okay. That are not going to survive this. Okay. I know people want their $12.99 back or whatever the fuck it costs, which was probably nothing because these tickets aren't even that expensive. Well, I, I think more of the complaints about the, those tours were, yeah, like Rage but Against I'm the just Machine, saying, Motley Crue. The reason that we and Misery Signals and Sect, 
you know, bands with uh, who care about their fans, but also care about the culture, you know, we're just like, well, we want this tour to happen. We love all these bands. By the way, when we made that decision, it was like months ago. So people had a, a month ago or whatever. Uh, but still, we were like, well, if we don't got to figure it out till December, we're going to have to regroup. But we're going to plan to try to do that because that seemed at the time like a pragmatic length. Now, given what we know, it seems like uh, it 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 might it probably won't be possible, and that's real realistic. And we're prepared for that, and everybody else should be. But here's the thing, you know, we have for a bunch of pessimists who are into death metal, we're also kind of punk. So we have faith that there are some good humans out there who might come up with a way to fucking take care of this shit because they also like heavy metal concerts and share it with the world in a cheap, inexpensive way so that we can all get it fast. And then fuck it. We're ready to go, man. We got the whole very optimistic, my friend. Well, I I like it though. You got to try to build the future you want at least conceptually, or you're definitely not getting it, you know? So then capitalism comes along and fucks it all up. That's the problem. Too much money. Too much money at stake. Well, don't worry. We don't have too much money, so <laughs> we haven't gotten to that. <laughs> Me neither, because all of our advertisers are gone. All of our the, the venues you mentioned, it's just all gone. It sucks. Yeah, well, there'll be something new, because there's people out there making fucking money, and they got to shuffle it around somewhere. And and uh, yeah, Give me some of that you know, Amazon money, man. Jeff Bezos, he's got some money. Wow, Shit. I mean, everybody hates politics, but man... <laughs> Elizabeth Warren was fucking right about breaking some of that shit up because now, like, there's only one truck that comes down my street anymore and it just says Amazon on it. I mean, all my neighbors. I mean, there might be a UPS thing, but, man, there's there's people in fucking regular cars with a little printed-out Amazon thing tucked to their... It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's... my basement, and we're even trying to be responsible here, is piled up with boxes of shit because I don't want to, like, get rid of these boxes everything comes in because I'm shipping out merch store stuff. I'm using cardboard. I mean, I use some of it for my paintings and and shit, but it's like when you start to look at it, you're like, fuck every house you go out and these assholes are throwing their fucking gloves and their masks and shit just like on the ground. I mean, I know they don't want to touch the trash can. I mean, I get that. They don't want to touch shit. You don't have to touch but the trash like, can. Just like put it now, in your pocket, throw it out later. Ground, then who the fuck is going to want to pick it up? Because I don't want to pick it up just because I don't know what the fuck's on it. Because how am I disgusting. supposed to know? It's your job to pick that shit up. So, and man, it really depresses me. I don't want to make Darkest Hour masks. Yeah. And like at this oh, point, it just I, seems like no, no one but needs that. We're going to yeah. have to wear them. You know, I, it, you. I saw a thing that said 80% if 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 all Americans wore masks, you could cut this shit by like 80% or some stupid fact. I don't even know if it's true. I mean, you don't know know what you're reading is true, but if we're supposed to be wearing masks that are true, which I believe because that's what everyone around me is believing right now, then I just I don't something about making it fashionable and normal, I fucking hate. You know, I want to keep it weird. This is weird. This can't be normal. Like, I don't, it's not going to be a fashion thing. This is really, like, I don't want to believe that, so I'm resisting it. 
you know, but I've chosen to monetize off other shit. So I don't, uh, degrade bands that do, but I think this is an interesting thing, man. When you see it pop up, you're like, fuck, yeah, God damn, I like, own a band mask. Who, who could even have imagined three months ago, we'd be wearing masks in America at all. You know, like I'm sure you see in DC, you know, you, you'd see like Chinese people on the street, like, cause it's a cultural thing in Asia yeah. where if you're sick, you wear a mask. Europeans, we, we were that. just in Europe. We were in Italy, Germany, uh, France, UK. We were in all those places January and February. We were there a week before Death Angel, man. Wow. And and that dude got fucked up, you know? Like, we were in all those places. We were in all those cities. We were smoking joints. We were passing uh, bowls. We were passing bongs. Everybody on that bus, you know. Dodged a bullet. Well, who knows? Maybe you got it. Did. Maybe, you know, and it was you mild. No. I mean, yeah. John, our singer... He was in Berlin and flew back to America during the like after they stopped flights, you know. Um, so he didn't get sick the whole time. John, he does. He sometimes he'll get pneumonia. He'll get coughs. You know, he's a singer. You'll get that shit. It's insane to me. He flew all over the place. He did all of that. He's just like me. Like we're idiots. Did he get it? Did he not get it? Yeah. Like, it would be really fucking awesome just be able to get tested easily. But we're currently trying to fi- follow, the, and so is he, trying to follow what we think the responsible thing, which is that n- none of us have shown any symptoms. We've been quarantined the whole time, and it seems like a waste of resources to test, given the fact that all you got to know about me is I'm safe. I'm in here. I'm not doing anything. I'm not touching anything. When it's time to just test us all, put me in, you know? Yeah. But it's a, yeah, it's crazy. crazy times, man. Uh, well, Mike, thank you for joining us. And thank you as always, always good to catch up with you. Yeah, man. To, man. Cheers, dude. From, yeah. from DC. Uh, fucking a, you know, fucking it's going to be a long year, but we're going to be here. So I'm sure you'll be seeing me in this little box a lot. For sure. Just watching the trees change. That's all I've been doing to differentiate day to day. That's it. Or painting new trees. That's what I've been doing. So That's good. Very productive. All right. Thank you, Mike.